The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, just like a Murillo Crossfield ball. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win? Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery free in terms of apply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club, because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hello and welcome to another episode of Red Side of Trent. I'm your host, Christian Brown. And finally, after two months and 10 games, Forest finally have a win in the Premier League and against none other than Liverpool. Uh, managed to win 1 0 thanks to Taiwo Awani. It's the Reds' first win against um, the Reds since 1996. First newly promoted team to win at home against Liverpool as well since 2017. As always, I'm joined by Lee Clark, Reese Lane, Adam Wicklow. And, well, what a day, boys. Um, so, obviously, lots to go through, lots to unpack. And it's going to be a very fun, positive pod as well. So, Reese, we'll start with you. So, the thing that um, pleased me most, obviously, from the get-go, really, was that, <laughs> apart from, you know, apart from the obvious things, in regards to Forrest's performance, was that there was physicality there straight from the off, um, with... Jones and well, Jones Fabinho and Elliot as their midfield three. I did sort of think we could impose a physical sort of presence on that midfield, but straight from as soon as they were getting balls into midfield and the press was activated, they were getting smacked everywhere. But fairly to the point where we were in the ball and it showed great intent, I thought. And um, yeah, obviously that then led to joined up forward play. And yeah, I just want to know what you thought of you know Forrest's desire to that yesterday because that was a big a big word for me actually yesterday. Desire to win, desire to get the ball. <laughs> The, the performance was outstanding. You know, I know Forrest put a man in a match poll up. You can only put four in a poll on Twitter, but you could have literally made a case for any of the, the starting 11 yesterday. There was there was just superb. And like you said, the desire, just the will to get themselves stuck in and just make you, like we, we spoke about in the last part, making your own look. You, you know, you've got to make things happen. And it, it was just a, such a special day. And it was such an outstanding performance it it really it really was and um you know to be i know that it wasn't liverpool who we all know and watched and how good they are yesterday but we we made them you know we we i've just thought we just played the game to perfection and 
you know, at times I didn't think Liverpool wanted to know when that we, you know, just our desire just took over really. So, yeah, just just a special day. I'm just lost for words still, to be honest. Um, you know, I'm like we're doing the Lee Clark slept on it thoughts, and I'm just generally lost for words. I mean, it was such a collective team effort yesterday, and we'd fully we we deserved it. We really did deserve to win that game yesterday. I completely agree. We were good value for that win. I think even yeah. like, we were good value for that win as well. Um, something that Jurgen Klopp coincidentally forgot to um, mention. We mentioned about 100 excuses in about 20 seconds, which was quite funny. But um, it was quite funny how he wasn't so complimentary about Forrest this time around, though, wasn't it? It was very much, you know, always the case. I think I, I think I might have said that last time. You know, you get that from, um, I'm trying to think who else said it this season. And not to be Antonio. Like well. Yeah, it yeah. might have been Antonio Conte. You know, it, it's always it's always nice to say nice things when you just beat somebody. You know, it's hard to say it when they've done a job on you, which we did yesterday. We was I, I generally rate that up there as one of the best performances I've seen by a Forest team. I generally would because you know you got to look at the quality Liverpool have on that pitch. That I mean, they've got a centre-half and a goalkeeper who combined are like the same value as our squad, pretty much, you know. So, and you know, I know they only paid like 30 million for Mo Salah, for example, but how much would he be worth a couple of years ago in his prime? It is, you know, it's chalk and cheese still, the contrast. And for Forrest to play how they did, it was, it was simply brilliant. Very much was. I think actually you sort of touched on it there about Liverpool maybe not wanting it. It reminded me a little bit of the Arsenal game in the Cup last year where they had Lacongra Patino midfield, which bullied them from the get-go. And there was similar vibes to that. But um, Adam, one of the people who was a big focal point of that sort of, you know, the physicality and the desire from the midfield was Remo Freuder, who, you know, to say he put a shift in would be under, an understatement. He covered, I think I got one from um, 11.4 kilometres he ran yesterday, which is the most distance covered from any player on the pitch yesterday. And, you know, as Lee said before, uh, one of the basics of football is if you want once beat a team, you have to work just as hard, if not harder than them. And you know, for someone who's written off after two games by the majority of the fan base, it's fair to say that he's proved quite a few people wrong. And yesterday, again, very understated, composed performance. I just wanted to know what you thought of um, the Swiss International's performance yesterday. I thought he was extremely underrated, personally. Kiate and Yates would take a lot of the plaudits because of their tenacity and, and Kiate getting forward like a prime Yaya Torre, it seems. It seems like you, if Crystal Palace have misused him all those years by, by utilising him as a hard man in midfield. He, he had some tricky feet yesterday, but Froiler was absolutely brilliant. Looked to tick things over, looked to play the right pass when he could. I know he didn't have that many passes. I think Liverpool had near enough 600 passes and... We, we talked about Mo Salah, he had four passes all game and, and I'm sure we're going to get on to Nico Williams against him because I thought he did brilliantly. I know Salah maybe occupied the the the, the two centre-halves more more so, but to man-mark someone out, out, out of the game, it was brilliant. I'm sure we'll, we'll compliment the, the rightful people there. But Freuler was was excellent. He he started the everything in terms of attack. His turnovers were brilliant and, and getting us forward and... He will go very much under the radar, but it just shows that a consistent number of games he's now started to show what what why we brought him in from Atalanta, why he was so highly rated, why he's called the conductor because he conducted brilliantly yesterday. So long that may continue, as we all say on this podcast, that's for your bingo. I'll have you know. So brilliant, yeah. Let's let's keep that up. Let's keep it going. No, very much. So. I think the only I mean we're ready at a point now for me where the Freuder is that. I'm starting to worry if he gets injured, what do we do? I don't think we have anyone else in the team who could do what he does. 
because he's actually he's a very important cog in the machine at the minute. And you know, as you said, long may that continue because he really is starting to you know, show his class and show his worth. And again, it's very fickle nature of fans, really, isn't it? Like two games completely, like one of them which against Man City away and just completely discarded by some. Like some saying, oh, it's just a pedigree signing that the you know, Marinakis Jr. made to try and impress people. Well, obviously, he isn't, is he? As you know, proved again a few people wrong with that performance yesterday. But Lee, obviously, as always, playing a team with Liverpool's quality, it wasn't without you know, scares yesterday, and there were quite a few. Um, especially in the first half, you know, you look at Carvalho, the chance, the one-on-one he had from very simple Elliot, like through ball over the top. You look at the Van Dijk header that he somehow, I don't know what he was doing there. He sort of he only had eyes for Firmino rather than eyes for goal, and you know, any contact goal round that's probably in. But um, no, despite that, Forrest still must have three shots on target, which was three more than they managed in the entirety of their trip to the South Coast in midweek. So what did you think about how we dealt with Liverpool's threat in certain areas? Obviously, they are still going to have chances as such, but do you think these were chances that we maybe could have managed or managed in the way that we did, if that makes sense? I don't think their chances were, particularly in the first half, their chances weren't, they weren't guilt-edged chances, were they? I think um, it was just such a good performance. I mean, the work rate was... If we had a loss yesterday, I think I said to my mate after about um, 75 minutes, obviously we had the goal lead, but even then, if we if they'd scored two quick goals, I think it had been such a a much better performance. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you say, the the Van Dyke one where he, he wanted to pick out Firmino in the first half was a bit strange. I think if he, if he had a, headed that goal, that probably would have been a goal. But yeah, I don't know. There's something about Liverpool yesterday. It just wasn't meant to be their day. I just don't think the chances they had were were particularly great at all. I mean, the best chance of the game, I thought, was in the, what was it, the 93rd minute when Henderson made the ridiculous save. Um, up until then, I don't, I mean, everyone's raving about Henderson's saves before then, but I think Henderson himself would have been disappointed if any of those two had gone in. Um, the one that you touched upon with Carvalho, I think that was, there's always a bit of luck in those. I think you just make yourself big and hope that he kind of finds you rather than the back of the net. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, like we said, I'm still speechless. I just can't believe we won. It's just, just crazy how football can change in, in the space of a week, really. That's it. I mean, and obviously we recorded this off before, you know, the Sunday games. Obviously, if anyone listens to that later in the week and wonders why we sort of potentially give an incorrect league table. But as it stands at the minute, there are five teams at the bottom of the league with the same points as us. That one win has massively put the cat among the pigeons in terms of the relegation battle. And, you know... You look, even you look above that, I mean, even Bournemouth, they're only four points ahead of us at the minute. And you expect them to drop points and lose games. This is far from over. Like, I know it's obviously it's easy to think that way when you go on a winless run of nine, ten games. But, you know, one win down there does change a lot, especially at this stage of the season as well. But um, you did mention, of course, work rate. And Reese work rate was something that was especially, like, prominent in the wide areas. And obviously Adam touched on Neko Williams. But, you know, you look at Lingard's, Gibbs-White... Aurier and Williams as an entity and they all four of them played tremendously well I mean that was obviously in terms of Williams that was the best he played since West Ham so you know there are questions to ask as to why he's gone two months without performance at that level but even so we'll take it Aurier I thought showed his true class um, Lingard ran himself into the ground pretty much and Gibbs White his recovery running was phenomenal I mean um, just some stats on Aurier very quickly six tackles and ten duels won more than anyone else on the pitch yesterday uh, how did you rate that little quartet and how instrumental do you think that was to Forrest eventually getting the win? 
thought Oreo was was really good. I think he's probably, you know, like I said in my first comment, you could generally make a case for all 11 yesterday who started for man of match, but Oreo's one who's probably gone under the radar a little bit. I thought he was excellent. I didn't think Robertson had any joy out of him at all. And Carvalho was on that side once he didn't really do much apart from the one chance he had, which, like Lee said, Henderson made himself big. I think if you watch that highlight, Carvalho, like, does a bit of a feign and expects Henderson to go down. He doesn't and stays big. And by that time, he just tries to poke it on and Henderson saves it. Um, yeah, Aurea was really good. And he got up the pitch as well, Aurea, which I really liked. You know, against Liverpool, you may, you might think he's penned in defending, but what he did well is when he did win the ball back, he also drove drove up the pitch as well. Um, Williams, again, like I said in the last pod, he started the season really well. He's not been nowhere near that level since. Yesterday he was very good. He looked disappointed to come off, to be honest. Um, Salah get, got no change out of him. Hot. I mean, Harvey Elliott chucked himself on the floor pretty much the whole game, I thought, personally. And, but he didn't really do much at all as well. Um, who was the other two, bud? Uh, Lingard and Gibbs-White. Lingard and Gibbs-White. I mean... Lingard, do you know when you, when you watch Lingard, if you actually keep an eye on some of the run mates are brilliant, and and there's just times when we don't spot them. I mean, the run for the shot he had on goal, he must he ran probably fifty yards to get on the end of that, and the, you know I think by the time he got on the end of it, the shot was a bit not tame, but he'd probably be a bit disappointed in Test Allison a bit more because he just done a massive sprint and it's like the energy had kind of gone out of him in that movement, but he worked tireless for the team as he did on Tuesday night but it just doesn't fit the narrative does it people expect a team who's bottom of the league for Jesse Lingard to get the ball and take on the whole team and ping one into the top corner and football just doesn't work like that you've got to get in the ball and Gibbs Gibbs White's been I think pretty tireless since he's come in Um, the only like little thing I would say against Gibbs White yesterday is a thought when he when he got the ball one on one against Van Dyke, he kind of like ducked out a little bit, and I just thought, take him on, you know. I know, you know, Van Dyke's one of the best centre halves in the world, but he has been struggling for form a little bit lately. You know, just have a go at him, and it's it's like as if players in the Prem because he has that, you know, what the media churn out, and that dribbling stat against him. I'm just like, surely there's someone with some balls just to try and run him, but he, I mean, he is. He's an incredible defender, but yeah, the old team worked so well yesterday. They, re- they really did, and they deserved everything they got because of just the effort they put in. But as good as yesterday was amazing, we've just got to continue to do this. That level of... I know it's going to be tough because every game isn't going to be... The atmosphere, the occasion's not going to be as high as it was yesterday. But, you know, like I said and again in the last pod, them two home games you look before the break, that intensity's got to be there against them because we said, didn't we, that any point against Liverpool and Arsenal is a bonus. We've now got three bonus points, really, but we've got to try and, you know, I know Arsenal's going to be tough next week, but after Arsenal, them two games at home, we've got to try and get points out of them as well and just continue that level of cohesion and intensity. No, I think that's a very good point. I think it's something that Cooper sort of, alluded to after the game as well. Yeah, we know what Cooper's like. He never gets too high or too low after a win or defeat, no matter what it is. But his press conference was very much matter of fact. It was like, okay, we've won, we've you know, we've beaten Liverpool great, but it's only three points on the board. So we need to get we need to get more. Yeah, and that's why I'm glad he didn't yeah. do the fist pump. You know, yeah. at the end of the day, 
yeah, God, we're just beating one of the best sides in the world at home. And but we're still 19. It's the big and you know, Cooper's a winner, you know, he's trying to breed a winning mentality throughout the club. Would it really be fit for when you're 19th in the league to, for your manager to be fist pumping around the ground? I know everyone likes him. I like it. I, I too. But, you know, we want to get up the league, don't we? Let's be honest. Yeah, that's very much the message. And um, it's interesting you mentioned the narrative of Lincoln as well, because it's very true. I, mean, yeah, I noticed that the, like the Nottingham Post sort of score ratings after the game. You, know, for, you think for performance at that level, like... Everyone else got at least seven point five, and they gave Lingard a six, saying they fine. Mm. Like you think, like, come on, like, at what point does this clearly become like a, a well, not a vendetta or anything like that? But it's clearly a narrative there. Lingard worked just as hard as anyone else in that pitch yesterday, and it's Gen- tiring having to explain this. Like, genuinely, you could have. I think the lowest score you probably could have given anybody yesterday. You start was an eight. Yeah, everyone just worked so hard. To, yeah, yeah. You know, and, you know, like I said in my passing comment earlier, you make your own luck, you know. One, you worked so hard yesterday and it's hit the post and he's there to turn it back in. You know, five games ago, that probably would have hit the post and gone the other side of the post, like at Leicester away, you know what I mean? You've got you've got to work hard to make your own luck sometimes in football and we did that yesterday and that's why we got the win. Very much so, yeah. And um, on the topic of Wani, Adam, I know you've been very much an advocate of starting Tyro Wani, but um, he was... Absolutely brilliant yesterday. I mean, I mean, again, I don't know if he was sort of like, you know, the whole sort of Michael Jordan and I took that personally sort of meme. He's had that approach into playing his old former club Liverpool, was there for six years and didn't kick a ball for them, admittedly because of work permit issues, but still. Um, but no, I mean, he obviously forced, I thought him and Gomez were having a great battle all the way through and like, he was holding the ball up, he was making it stick. He wasn't afraid to battle Van Dijk either when it went that way. He was more than afraid to get his body in the way. Um, but obviously he won the foul from Gomez, you know, span him. I mean, I think a yellow was probably fair, given how far back it was on the pitch. I'm sure Lee would probably agree. Um, but then you know, the, the free kick itself, the, the work it, obviously, Gibbs White finding Cook. Cook <laughs> operating as like a winger as such, taking a touch and then drilling it across goal. And then obviously Tyro's on hands, three goals and five starts now. Do you think he has to mainstay in this team for a prolonged period of games? Because we look so much better with him in the team. Yeah, we've got to progress. We've got to pursue with with that. I think he, he's just such a presence, isn't he? He, he? he ended up making Liverpool back off him a lot. There was a time where I think we had the ball down the right hand side and he got played to him, but it was like a it was a bit of a loose pass. And Joe Gomez completely backed off him and and he got in to to pass the ball to uh, Gibbs White, who should have done better. Fair play to Milner for getting back, but. He's just such a horrible handful. He's he's not the most. We've all said it. He's not the most technically gifted striker. He doesn't really strike a ball very cleanly, as he, he did in the first half, where he ran the ball into the box. But he's always positive. He's just always a handful, and then he just always smiles at people when he's been horrible to him. And it, I find that fantastic. And his his hold up play was brilliant yesterday. I thought he was really up for it. Obviously, he, it, the the layoff to Lingard for his chance was good. The layoff to Kiate where he pinned back, I think it was Gomez in the box, was brilliant. It was it was a good all round performance. He deserved his goal. I was a bit concerned that he got bought off at sixty five minutes because I think in Cooper's going gambling half an hour to hold out a one 0 win, and you can tell that's why we we've been so desperate for it. But Van Dyke was probably at fault for not for Liverpool not getting anything out of the game and actually conceding because he was. I wonder he was his man, really, at the end of the day. And and we reduced Liverpool to 
set pieces against us. They didn't really carve us open like we did them. I, I wouldn't say. I mean, maybe half chances by Yates's. So it was a terrific performance from him. You've got to pursue with him. I think that that eleven you'd probably start at Arsenal. You'd say because who does it? No one deserves to be dropped from that. No, that's a very fair comment. I think you know again, it's classic. Don't change the winning system, sort of thing, either. Um, and yeah, they deserve <laughs> a free run definitely for the next game. But um, they, I mean, obviously, as as like to point, it could be more. You know, it, we were. I think live. It's a fair comment. Liverpool were generally restricted to you know crossing into the box and set pieces. I mean, I know um, obviously Alexander Arnold had, like you said, the, the chance the saves Henderson made, you'd expect him to generally make, with the exception of Van Dyke one at the end. You know the. Elliot one was at his near post. The Trent header was straight at him, sort of thing. But it's worth noting the other keeper in the pitch, Allison. And um, I think you can always tell a, a testament, a little gauge to how good a keeper is. Is you know when the whole fans sort of go, "Ooh, he's about to take a goal kick." Well, the Forest fans gave up after about two minutes because he just kept mugging them off. And Allison's heroics yesterday was tremendous. I mean, even the save from Johnson, which Johnson doesn't fully connect cleanly with, but he's still off balance. Has to shift last second to tip round the post. Um, the save from Yates he had no right to make at all. That was just brilliant to get his arm up to that level. What did you think of his performance as an opposition number one? And where would that rank as a performance from opposition goalkeepers that you've seen against Forest? I mean, normally we're used to clowns like Dean Gherkin and you know Daniel Bentley turning in prime booth on performances. We've actually had a world-class keeper perform in a world-class manner um, yesterday. Yeah, I mean, he's fantastic. I, I mean, for me, he's, um, if you're asking me to pick the best goalkeeper in the world, I think it'd probably be him. Um, he, even ahead of... I know Donnarumma is good, isn't he? I mean, he was class at the Euros, but I think he's just got the he's got everything. I mean, like you said about the keepers we, we come up against in the Championship, they've usually got one trait that makes them a Championship keeper, whether it's the, they're kicking or they're coming for crosses, um, that sort of stuff. But yeah, oh, it was amazing. I mean, I always look at after referees these days, I always look at goalkeepers they used to play in goal, but yeah, he's, he was just outstanding. Um, the save from Yates is unbelievable. I mean, from my position, that looked in. Um, I was kind of right behind that. Um, and as soon as it left Yates's boot, I thought it was in. Um, and then from nowhere, he just plucks it out of the sky. So, yeah, I mean, this this is the Premier League though, isn't it? I mean, I think, um, I know that Reese won't thank me for saying it, but this season, if anything, we're going to see the best players in the world, even if it is short-lived you've kind of got to enjoy the ride in that sense. You've got to enjoy um, seeing these players in, you know, in full flight. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the thing that's really good, I mean, I thought Alisson would probably get the day off yesterday uh, at the start of the game. Um, so, yeah, it was nice that we did work him and that he did have plenty to do so that we could see see his brilliance, basically. No, very much so. I mean, unfortunately, it'd be nice if you say that for another day, we end up with like a 2 or 3 no win, but no, it, you have to give credit where credit's due to opposition players. I thought he was tremendous. He was definitely their best player on pitch, Liverpool. But um, also matched by our own Scottish upper, Reece Lane. And, um, well, <laughs> does that mean we'll also give credit to the defence as well? Because I thought McKenna and Cook were tremendous yesterday as well. It was, were, yeah. Super. Uh, McKenna, as we touched upon after the Brighton game, looks very much like the player of the year that won last season's awards. And um, although I do have to query who left Van Dyke unmarked for that set piece, but I think Alisson's um, presence sort of confused everyone. But that save from Van Dyke, I mean, that was up there with me with Sambas against Ndi uh, against Sheffield United in that playoff game because that neither had any real right to get to that. Um, and you have to say, you know, I think was it forty nine saves now the most in the league. Case distribution was a little bit off we saw yesterday, but 
mean, was it, how did you rate Dean Henson's presence in the Forest team and his performance yesterday? I mean, he's had a bit of stick, hasn't he? Which, you know, I get it from the kicking. I do. You, as you said yesterday, Christian, he shanked a couple out. I played in tin. It's like, you know, you bet he's better than that. But he's an England international for a reason. And I know we all want as goalkeeper nowadays to be lovely with the feet and can ping a ball like Edison 60 yards as he did yesterday. Got an assist in the Edison. So, but, you know, the fundamental role of a keeper is stopping the ball going in the net. And, yeah, that saved right up there. Um, the one you said, Christian Samba from Indai, the Breeze is at Brighton, Springs one. And going back a while now, Paul Smith against Reading. I don't know if you can remember that on opening day. I think from Kevin Doyle, he tipped it onto the bar. I can't believe he kept that out. And to equally, and I don't want to take nothing away from him here, I can't believe Van Dijk didn't score, to be fair. If, if that was our defender with a free header, what was it? Eight yards out, maybe. I'd expect him to score, but it was... It was a world class save. I don't know how he kept it out. He literally like, like a bit like David Seaman esque from Poor Pesky Solidary, like scooped it out <laughs> into from behind him. So uh, on the ground, and even in like even after saving it, you just think someone's just gonna just tow that in, and it got straight clear. But when Allison come forward, I thought I just thought you like this. He's gonna equalise, and he you know was it against West Brom? He did a couple of years back. Mm. I just thought, yeah, that, that would have just been like so deflating. But yeah, Henderson made some good saves. I say, like the Carvalho one in the first half, you know, like I said in the last comment, he could have easily gone down because Carvalho had fainted a little bit. He stood up big, saved it. Um, you know, I, th- I agree, really. I think most of the other saves are pretty much bread and butter. I'd expect him to save, but, you know, um, he's a brilliant, he's a great goalkeeper, Henderson is. You know, we all want to improve his kicking a little bit, but you know, he kept he's yeah, how many points now has he won us really? You know, two against uh, more, yeah. Probably you know, you could argue a point in midweek, two yesterday. So that's five points, and you know, that's over half his total. So and he's he's clear to see he's he's winning his points, so he's doing his job for me personally, but you know. Um, the shouts of Samba have gone away a little bit now, haven't they? <laughs> and um, you know, Samba was like praising him on Twitter. You know, I think he, he might have a pair of Dean Edison pajamas, Bryce. But um, yeah, yeah, it's good to see. He's, he's a good shot stopper, and it's just because what it is is all these goals from outside the box, Anton. He's been unfortunate because they've either been world class strikes or no one's closed them down. So yeah, he, he's um. Yeah, do well for me, Henderson. Yeah, I'm, I'm, obviously the dream is Forrest stay in the league and get to keep him, but... We'll yeah, uh, we'll have to see. Indeed, I mean, but Adam, we t- you mentioned it earlier, actually, the, the subs, the decision to bring Tywo off, sort of put Forrest into a bit of a box. It was very much a tight 4-3-3, like, much like Fulham away last season when we won 1-0. And um, I can't remember who it was that triggered the sub, actually. It wasn't Spence that went off, it was someone else before that. But we went into a very... No, solid shape pretty much and um, I was quite worried when it happened to be fair I thought oh Christ you know, we were inviting pressure against the second best team in the, in the league arguably the world Champions League finalists last year you know, what, what's the worst that could happen but um, it seemed to be okay but the subs he actually did make I did think sort of especially Worrell's introduction I felt because I one thing I noticed or I don't know if you guys did I felt Liverpool knocking it around a bit faster in the second half and you know obviously they're chasing the game 
And when Worrell sort of came on, it sort of put an extra body along the back line. They didn't really know. They had to slow, they had to slow down because they had to sort of pick their pass a bit more. But um, obviously Johnson came on, Renalodi came on and Mangala came on. Um, all four, I think, really did contribute and sort of breathe fresh life into the team. It was like you know, Cooper got all his tactics and his subs right, in my opinion. How did you think they all played and what part did you think they had in helping us secure the win? I thought they all did a good job. It was a, it was scary. I, I just kept saying to a couple of my mates in the pub, unfortunately, I couldn't go to the game, but it was, I was like, we're asking for it, aren't we? Really like inviting the pressure. But actually, we we did pretty well on the counter. I thought we created a few chances. Yates had had those couple of chances. Uh, Johnson obviously had the chance. Uh, yeah, I thought we just restricted Liverpool really well. And I think Cooper knows, and a lot of people know that. Liverpool do really struggle against the low block and and a and a three three at the back or five at the back. How you however you see it, but I think we just like look to overcrowd them. And it was quite nice that Ren and Loddy was part of a winning side instead of a an absolute drubbing as he has been in his short Forest career so far. So that was good. Mangala is obviously still building his fitness and had a role to play. I thought he he was he was brilliant in terms of closing down and closing the space down because I thought. Fabinho, Curtis Jones and, and Harvey Elliott really struggled a lot of the game. Harvey Elliott was probably their best outfield player in my in terms of like creating anything because he's just so, such a busy little player. But like Kiate just absolutely nailed him first minute and I thought that kind of set the tone in terms of everyone else because we were just winning so many things within a good position for Forrest to break and we was actually progressing and getting the pass right for a change, which was nice to see. And And no one's... No one's like not buying into the work rate and effort and ethics of Forrest and what Steve Cooper's integrated into our club at the moment. So it was really good to see that all the all the substitutes were also fighting for a shirt in hopefully future games, as you as you want to call it. So it's good to see that. I think he got it. He did get it right in the end. I, I was a bit worried, but Liverpool really struggled apart from the set pieces that we've all spoke about. So yeah. Brilliant. Definitely. I guess I get a feeling it'd be one of those that you know those um those sort of that coaching page that has like the masterclass thing yeah. that looks at previous weeks. I think Cooper's one 0 win against Liverpool will probably get featured on that at one point further down the line. You, you <laughs> so. do you do just worry though, like taking someone like Tyrell Wanya off, unless obviously his match fitness isn't quite there because he did run a lot. I, I do mm. I do think that it's he's kind of like that release ball in terms of to release that bit of pressure, but obviously Johnson running channels and, and gives White still miraculously full of sprints it, it seemed it, it was still a good outlet outlet ball to have so it, it is good but we I do think we need someone that can do the Taiwo role as well yeah. in, in terms yeah, of the backup yeah I think um you know, I'm very I, think I sort of had a discussion with um, a few people around I'm very reluctant to see Forrest go into the market in January but I do think that that is something we are potentially missing a more of a hold up man that can do what Taiwo does if he isn't there sort of thing and um, whether we look at that, it's another matter or not. But we'll soon see. Uh, Lee, uh, sorry to come to you with this because I think you know what's probably coming. Um, me and Reese had a discussion at half time, at full time, and we both thought the ref, Paul Tierney, was an absolute fucking disgrace um, to put in mildly. I think that's about as polite as I can give him. Like that absolute charlotte. I mean, I don't, I, it was like, if you are one of these like tin hat conspiracy theories that believe that you know the FA are trying to rig games in Liverpool's favour, that was probably a prime example of why they would say such a thing. Because I cannot believe, I don't think I've seen a referee in a long time be as one-sided as that. That was appalling. And to get that in the top flight is 
scandalous, really. But obviously, you'll be you'll be a more level-headed official than I am as a fan. So, what did you think of Paul Tinney's performance? Um, I don't think he was quite as bad as um, a disgrace. Um, he did give. I think all you ask for from an official is that they're consistent for both sides, and I don't think he was yesterday. He gave. I mean, you couldn't pick a worse time to play Jurgen Klopp when he's just been sent off. I mean, you can imagine it, can't you? Klopp would go into the dressing room, hello, referee, okay, would you like me to make you a brew? Um, the, re- the referee would have been, oh, God, he's a lovely bloke, can you? I think he's misunderstood, I do. And you can just imagine how it would go behind the scenes. Um, and I think that showed in his referee. And, I mean, he must have cleaned his boots before him, you know, for him before yesterday's game because he just... He, all the little ones where Elliot and Firmino in particular in the first half just threw themselves to the floor. He gave them free kicks. And then I think Gibbs White was absolutely absolutely bundled off the ball. Oh, we'll just play on for that one. There's just no consistency. I don't, I don't think he was a disgrace. I think um, he did okay, but he, 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 was, he kind of fitted the mantra of a referee who was happy just to go along with the, yeah, we'll give them everything and we'll give the team that's bottom of the league absolutely nothing. Um, there was just no consistency, I didn't think, with his decision-making yesterday. I think that's it, but it doesn't also help that every single decision was weighted towards Liverpool. And obviously, as a fan, you're going to feel that way anyway. But you touched upon it there. The Gibbs-White one sent sprawling across near the corner. Nothing. Johnson sent sprawling by Van Dyke. Nothing. Harvey Elliott drops to the floor. Referee initially doesn't give anything. Elliott looks at him with puppy eyes. Foul. Like, And you just think, well, what are you doing? Like, You're not meant to be swayed by, by players. You're meant to read the game fairly. I like I don't know. Like, I expect I expect I know officials are bad in the championship. We obviously know that there is there's a reason behind that because no one really you know it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a whole other debate as to why the refereeing standards are the way they are at the top flight at the minute, and you know, one that I'm sure they've been involved with many many times. But I just don't get how we can get to a pinnacle of English football, and that's the level of referee that we get. I think the problem is now, I think the problem is now we've got a lot of referees who are far too good for the championship, but probably are a little bit. I mean, Paul Tien is one of the, he's not one of the top boys, but he's been on the Premier League a few years now. That that was a fixture that you look at and you think you, you shouldn't be concerned that he's got that game because he's, he's done several high profile games in the last um, probably three or four years he's been on the Premier League. But yeah, I'm not even bothered if they're bad. I mean, even when I used to play, I was never bothered if they were bad, as long as they were bad for both teams. I think mm. if, you, if you're setting your stall out and you're going to give the little little shoves and the little soft ones, you've got to give them for both teams. You can't just turn around and say, oh, well, that's Salah that's made that challenge, so I'm not going to give it because um, I don't really want to upset Salah. And it's right near Klopp, so I don't want to upset him. You've kind of got to give them all. Um, and I think I think if Tierney looks, if he looks back on his performance, I think there was a couple really early on that he gave for Liverpool, that I think if he had the chance again, he probably wouldn't give and just let the game flow a little bit more. That's what it was. Um, yeah. the, sorry, Chris. That's what it was. And we did say that between each of the consistency. I, I described it as the Liverpool glare where their players dropped to the floor and one of Liverpool players would look at the ref and then he'd be like, oh yeah, that's free kick that is. Yeah, he did, and, he did that, he did that and, several and times in the first the half. Line, the, I mean, it, Robertson did it early on where... He glared at the linesman. The linesman changed his mind. And then he did it again. And the linesman nearly changed his mind again for a throw-in. And I thought, oh, is, it, is, this how it's, is this how it's going to be, is it? They basically look at the ref and it just blows up. And like you say, Lee, it's just the consistency. You know, there was little shoves on our players. We went down and it was like, oh, no, we're not going to give them. 
You know, there was there was one at the end of the first half. James Milner literally dropped to his knees after Nico Williams literally put a finger on him, and the ref gave it. And I was like, for God's sake, I'll let Adam come in. You know, um, I, I I'm a really sad person when we win a football match, and I go looking for all the salt from all the <laughs> opposition fans afterwards, and they wanted an offside for our goal because Tywo stood offside when the initial free kicks take, and I'm like, yeah, but then the second, time. and I was like, but then the second phase of play happens, so like, yeah. watch, I don't know what you're on about because you'd be saying it's a perfectly good goal if it's the other way around. I was just like, doesn't sound like Liverpool fans. <laughs> you, 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 you can't comprehend for Steve Cook turning into David Beckham on the right. There was, there was there was no like credit where it's due because let's be honest, they didn't really create too much to win the game initially. Anyway, so let, let's just have it right. We deserve to win, and and let's let's carry on to Arsenal. We'll go beat the league leaders for Man City, and they'll be thanking us. And then Harlan never... might go. Harlan might go easy for us on the return. <laughs> you'll never, you'll never ever get credit from elite sides when you turn them over. It's just not in the nature to do it because they see you as really cannon fodder as part yeah. of, you know, racking up the points basically to win the league. That is, and then the big games are the ones who, you know, like City and Liverpool last week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery free in terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them, Honestly, if you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Just a break in play to give a plug to my business. This is Free Softer Pod. I have my own courier business, RL Delivery Service. I do local and GB deliveries. Good rates, fully insured. So give me a message on it's RL Deliveries on Twitter. You can find it in my bio, which is um, Reese, spelled R E I S N F F C. Or I'm also on Facebook at RL Delivery Service. So if you do need anything moving, give me a message and I'd be more than happy to help. Yeah, they just they just don't like it, do to these elite sides when you show a bit of bite against them and you get a put a result against them. I mean, I've, I've generally never ever seen an elite manager in the Prem praise a lower ranked side after they just turned their team over. It just doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. I mean, that's very true. And like I touched upon earlier, it's all well, it's all fun and games when the Jurgen Klopp saying how great uh, addition to Premier League Bournemouth are yeah. when they're how when they're getting smacked seven 0 every time because it's easy to yeah. points. But when Burnley come to town with Sean Dyche and make it ugly and horrible, it's like <laughs> these players are the bane of my life. So, getting back in the championship. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but there were no tears when Burnley got relegated from the, from the big six, and that's that's probably mm. the best compliment they can be given. Stoke, really. Stoke the same from yeah, Arsenal. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, obviously more than one way to skin a cat. But um, I think Reese just touched on. Uh, finally, they, uh, we'll round up the Liverpool game fairly shortly. One thing that pleased me most was I think the togetherness in the Forest team. And you know, a lot's been said about you know, the transfer recruitment strategy. Obviously, you know, we did need to send to buy as many players. Did we need to go to that net number? Who knows? But 
we'll see over the course of the season. But the thing, the thing is, though, even though their players, their players on the bench yesterday, like Willie Bolly, for example, they only played about an hour for Forest, and they were just as celebrating just as much as anyone else was. Like you know, you saw Lingard at full time doing laps on the pitch and like like dancing with Gibbs White and all sorts of stuff like that. And I just think that it was Kuyata as well. I noticed a few times you saw him like in his little vest. No, he was. They were urging the players on so well. It was so good to see. Like they were really like everyone really bought into that. And like Adam touched, Adam touched upon earlier. Really, like it does seem as if like that's probably one of the keepers' hardest tasks. I say, like to get bringing all these new players. They're all jostling for places and in the best league in the world. And he's got them all singing from the same hymn sheet, all fighting for each other, all knowing that if they're not playing, they're still part of the team. And I think that was really good to see. And yeah, just wanted your thoughts on that sort of like belief and spirit that we saw on the touchline at the end. It'd be a testament to his man management skills, wouldn't it, Cooper? Um, to be honest, the last four games, I mean, defensively, I think we've been pretty solid. We've we've conceded two goals in the last four. One was a penalty, which if it wasn't for VAR, would have never ever been given. Another was an absolute worldie of a strike from Ashley Young. So you know, he said he went back to basics, didn't he? And he's he's put three in midfield, which we was all wanting because um, we was getting overrun in the midfield. Um, and he's, he's stuck with a spine of the side in Cook and McKenna, who I think over the last four games have improved every game, personally. I thought they were excellent again yesterday, Cook and McKenna. I mean, just heading and kicking, really. And, you know, dealing with crosses, nothing too fancy, just doing the basics. Um, and then, I mean, Kielai, I didn't think he hit the nail on the head saying he was like a prime Yaya Torre Kuyata. He was like doing an overlapping run. And I was like, you know, I was like, what, I was like, what the hell is going on? Um, this is after I said like, you know, Yates and Kuyate's game isn't ready to go forward. And, and Yates was the same yesterday. His passing was a lot better. He was getting a lot more forward. He was very unlucky with the chance. It was a brilliant save from Allison. Um, and the, and the, yeah, the team spirit looks like it's coming along, but you know it's only one win. We've got a very very tough game next. Which, you know, it, Arsenal are absolutely flying, aren't they? So that will be tough. So we're probably going to see what we're made of. I'd say probably in the games against Palace and Brentford back to back at home. Um, but yeah, it just it was nice. Like it, being Connie was another one. One two was absolutely. I mean, what's he played half an hour at most in a couple of games? City and Brighton. And he was like jumping for joy. Um, so yeah, hopefully that, that team spirit's building and we can start to see this cohesion, what we've all been wanting and start getting some results on the board. Um, it, it, it would be absolutely lovely, I think, now. I'm probably getting a bit ahead of myself now, but to go into the World Cup thinking you're not in the bottom three, that'd be that'd be a big boost, I think, that would. Or at least level on points with the teams yeah. outside, like yeah. we are now, for example. Because, you know, like you're coming back in... T- to United and Chelsea then who you know he's again going to be very very tough into um, Man U away Chelsea at home so yeah and then two games are key I, I know we've got Arsenal next but yeah hopefully we yeah. can get some results over the next three games definitely no yeah and um it's, it's interesting you mentioned Ryan Yates though. I mean I sort of owe Ryan Yates and Steve Cook for that match a bit of an apology really for <laughs> saying that they should be starting Premier League games over the last four matches they very much proved me wrong and um Adam, I mean, Yates especially. I think I saw a tweet earlier, which is quite funny. He said that I've never seen a more confusing player at Forest where he can go from like bog standard League One to a prime midfield general in a space of about four games. 
And that is pretty much the story of his season, really. Like yeah, he's, since he started to start games in that in the you know when we were three at the back, he didn't look good for him at all. He looked well out of his depth. We've gone to a four-three-three, and he's been, I have to say, absolutely incredible. He was phenomenal yesterday. Yeah, it's like you know, and obviously there's that picture of him like shrugging off four Liverpool players. He's got his little Maradona slash Antonio shot now, so that's one for his his bedroom wall for life. But um. Realistically, yeah. do you have to say at what point is he now one of the first names on the team sheet for the foreseeable future? I don't think you can really take that shirt away from him at the moment, Christian. So that's fair play to him. I'd rather be proven wrong than right, as as we've all said. And I, and I know there's there's the the haters and the lovers of Yates, and I think we don't fall in either category. We kind of love to hate him and hate to love him, and I think we're quite very much on the on the fence with him at times. And obviously anytime he's performing well and proving people wrong, it's beneficial to Nottingham Forest at the end of the day. I think he's shown why he's a vice captain for this side. He's really led by example in terms of his performances. His breakup play yesterday was of that, of like a a, a Kante, I'd put it up there, or a Makalele. He, he just read the game so well and knew when to step in and be aggressive in the challenge, especially against Curtis Jones and, and Harvey Elliott. He picked his battles really well because he's like twice the size of both them players. And he got us on the front foot a lot of the time. When he drove that ball through the four players from that kind of the right back position or right centre midfield position, I was thinking, is that the same player? Like absolute phenomenal turnaround. And he suits the the three to a T because he's got Froiler and Kiate. They're doing also some dirty work, but with Kiate, with with Freuler having that bit of quality that that he's got, as we've spoke about, and brilliant, I'm I'm all for it, and I hope he can continue. People are going to obviously now cry that uh, Gareth Southgate's going to name a 55 man provisional England team for the World Cup. I didn't even know we had 55 English players in the Premier League to choose from, <laughs> but Ryan Yates could sneak onto the list, I'm sure, in some people's books. Not not for me personally. I don't think technically he's good enough, and an asset midfield for England is astronomically very very good um but if yates can, can keep continuing to make the progression then it's like i say it's 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 beneficiary benefiting as in the long term as much as you don't like him or like him it, it, he's a forest player at the end of the day and we've all got to get behind him and that's how that's my full phrase for him i'm going to get my tongue out of his ass now <laughs> um just to quickly round off the Liverpool game, uh, Lee. I mean, we so we sort of Oreo. I mean, Reese mentioned it earlier. One thing I loved Oreo doing was that he would be would sort of be quite tight on that left side of the pitch. He'd take the ball and just switch, spread the play. He basically moved the other side of the wing with no in open space and just let everyone come over and then try and put the ball over. And in, what is your? And obviously, we said we're probably going to stick with this eleven because we sort of well, no reason to change it. But moving forwards, would you say that? No, would you keep these two as your fullbacks, Williams and Aurier, or would you bring Lottie back in? Would you put Williams back to the right and take Aurier out of the team? What would your sort of ideal fullbacks be moving forwards? Well, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, I, I agree with you. I don't think for the Arsenal game we can drop anyone. I think, um, I mean, bizarrely, when we left the ground yesterday, there was people behind us like, oh, it was a great win, but Lingard did absolutely nothing. And it's like, why do we need that? that sort? I mean, we got slated on this podcast for, for being negative after defeats and then these people still walking out of the ground trying to find critique when we've just beat Liverpool like you say Christian probably one of the officially if you look at the Champions League the second best team in Europe I mean 
come on, have a day off, I think, to some people. But, um, yeah, I think I personally, having signed 22 new players, I'd be a bit disappointed if we... I know that Williams plays left-back for Wales, but I don't think you can justify signing that many players and then after 11 games playing square pegs in round holes. Um, I think at some point I'd like to see some balance restored with a footer at left-back. Um, but certainly for the next game, I don't think you can justify dropping Williams. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because, I mean, Serge Aurier was absolutely fantastic yesterday. I mean, me and my mates were talking about who our man of the match would be. Um in typical, like they do with the pundits, so like with five minutes to go before Henderson made the, the really good save. Um, and one of them said Aurier, and I, I couldn't really argue with him. I, I mean, the amount of tackles he made yesterday was just unbelievable. I think I saw a stat that said he made more tackles than the whole Liverpool team put together or something like that. So, I mean, yeah, he's definitely not getting dropped. And I, I suppose to the Arsenal game, you're not going to drop Williams, but... Yeah, I think going forward, I think Cooper's got a bit of a conundrum in the sense that he'll he will want some balance uh, to that defensive unit, and that probably means a left footer coming back in at, at left back at some point. No, yeah, I think that's a probably a fair assessment. To sort of see, no, I think it's just a balance more than anything else to have a left foot, and especially like with you know we've got Lolly there as well. I thought I came on pretty good, pressed very well yesterday when he came on, so we'll have to see what happens on that front. And um, but yeah, I think it's good now that we've got. Williams, but the right back place is far from secure because on the one hand you've got Oreo playing very well on the other hand you've got a £17 million player that the club's clearly see as a right back for the next six to eight years so it's going to be very interesting how that pans out but that's for another day um, how good was it to hear, just can't get enough at full time by the way, absolutely tremendous but um, I've got one little small question for all of you before we move on to uh, Septonic Thoughts, what was the moment that it felt doable for you yesterday and I don't just mean the goal I mean, just well, there might be something in play. It might be a miss. It might have been. It could have been anything. A tackle in the first few minutes could have been anything. At what point do you think that? Oh yeah, we can get a win today, or we'll do this. And race, I'll start with you. I'm going to be completely honest. My hopes were raised when I saw Liverpool's bench um, because I thought, you know, I was surprised a bit with their team because Jones has not really played much this season. Why Alexander Arnold's on the bench and Milner's at right back? I know, I know, he did well against Foden last week, but you know, Alexander Arnold going forward, and it, you, Forest are going to be deep yesterday, so surely you'd want somebody on the pitch from the off who's going to whip in balls like he did when he come on and caused those problems. Let's be honest, and put it into our but I, I just find that a bit strange. Um, and then when I looked at the bench, we were looking at. I mean, there were two goalkeepers on it. Then there was literally no attackers at all. Like they literally all they had on the bench to bring on was the subs he did, which was Trent, who's gonna cross the ball. And he, he nearly scored, to be fair, the header. That was another good save from Henderson, we're not mentioned. Um Henderson, who's you know, just stands in the midfield, hunting, just passes it six yards to the side. And Oxlade Chamberlain, who five years ago was a really, really good player, but injuries have just unfortunately taken over its toll. I remember the last World Cup, he would have nearly been a starter for England, in my opinion, before I had that bad, was it a bad knee injury, I think. Um, so that, And then it just literally had no like option at all, pretty much. I mean, they could have brought Shimikas on for Robertson, but that's a straight swap. Um, and they, 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 they probably did, did miss a strike yesterday. So that's when my hope went up and it, it went in the betting odds as well, because we went from 11 to 1 to like 7 to 1 as soon as the teams come out. So... The bookies, you know, don't get a lot of things wrong. And they also saw 
a bit of a change there. So that was my first hope. And then just just matching them. I, you know, at, at half time, at half time, I did think it was going to be similar to the FA Cup game. It was going to be, we tried so hard and we worked so hard and that they were just going to produce a bit of quality and win the game. But, and they did do that with like the Van Dyke header. <laughs> um, I know we were wanting up at that point, but thank you know, it was on, we scored the Zinkenagel chance this time. <laughs> um, and then thankfully they had the chance with Van Dyke and, you know, we had um, a really good goalkeeper who's kept us out. But yeah, I don't, I don't know whether. I mean, with, with Forrest even going into injury time and that, I just thought, oh, it would just be so, like I said, Alisson coming up, I just thought it's going to... And, and I, I know I've said um, anything against Liverpool would have been a bonus, but you know, if they'd have scored in injury time, I would have felt... I wouldn't have criticised the performance or anything because it was sick. brilliant, but I'd, I'd, have, I'd have felt so deflated and it would have felt like a loss because we just put so much into that game. And like I said already, we just... Deserved to win it for me. I just thought, I'd honestly, I've, I'll say it again, I generally rank that there with Forest performances I've seen generally would because you've got to think as well the level of opposition you're playing against. You know, when we played, like Lee said, if you're going on the Champions League um, rankings, the second best side in Europe, they're definitely in the top five sides in Europe still, in my opinion. I know they've struggled a bit this season, but you can you see what they do to teams like with Rangers, they, they can turn it on and put seven past, uh, you know, a team who's struggling. So, yeah, it was just such a magical day yesterday because it's Liverpool as well. It was extra special. Very much so. Lee, obviously, mm. raise your hands. What do you like to say? Um, I genuinely think had we conceded <laughs> late on yesterday, I, th- I actually think it would have been worse than getting absolutely smacked by them because I think the players, yeah. the confidence the, among the players yeah. would have been, what's it the point? We were getting back to every week and then when we looked like winning, we're still not winning, so what? What's the point anymore? I genuinely think it would have been so detrimental mm-hmm. to our confidence as a team if we'd have conceded. Even though we'd have probably, you'd take stock this morning and you'd say, right, we've got a great point against Liverpool. But I think from a player perspective, they'd have just been like, what's the point in this? We're we're just not cut out for this league. But the fact we've won actually now gives us a bit of a something to build from. I think it's shown yeah, as well, didn't it, with Henderson's celebration at the end, you know, the save and then jumping in lower Bridgeford. It was just probably a relief for the players, to be honest. You know, it, what was it, 10 games without a win in the league? So, yeah, you haven't not thrown it away as well. Obviously, we said yeah. the kept it this time. I mean, yeah. I mean if, we're, if we're going to be, you know, not critical, but, you know, like you said, Christian, I mean, Van Dyke's literally got no one, I think, within five yards of him, and it's completely free-headed. I mean, that whoever was, I don't know who was marking that corner, do any of you guys know? I mean, no, no, I, think Ye- just, I, think, I think Yates was meant to be, and then he was getting mm. manhandled by Allison. So if he actually scored, right. I'd have yeah, been well, if Christian would say that. I, f- I think if, he, yeah. if he'd scored, he might have gone to VR, we don't know. I, f- I would have been fuming if it didn't, because literally Allison's mm. rugby tackling Yates. That's why he gave a foul away straight <laughs> after the save. <laughs> Because mm. it's like well, he's just yeah. he's got him with two arms, just not just blocking it. Well, I, th- I think that's what keepers are in there for. Yeah, no, it's just to cause a bit of uncertainty and chaos, and it worked because Van Dyke were left completely free. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I mean, Ash said it to me after the game. Do you know when Van Dyke was rising? Um, that split second or fourth, he's gonna just head this in. When I seen he was like completely free, my heart like sank, and then when Henderson like scooped it out and. There was like the furore of just like trying to clear it. I just couldn't believe it. 
that was when I think that's when you know you you just yeah. one of them days where you're just going to do it in it. Definitely. Um, Adam, what was your little moment that you thought, okay, actually, we can win, we can win this? Ty, where we won the just striker because we've, mm. we've, we've, last few weeks, we've built the foundations of defending well. It's just been on the break. We've not played a striker. Uh, did we? I don't think we. I don't think he's played the last couple of games, has he? I think we just played this false nine bollocks, which I hate. Um, and we've obviously pursued with Emmanuel Dennis, who is not a number nine for me. He's a he's a winger. Um, he's he's just a busy body. So, I think having that focal point, we got the turnovers right, and we got passes right going forward. And he was key for me. In, in all honesty, I know he scored the goal, but I just thought a person who's just occupying two centre halves on his own. Nigerian general prince, whatever you want to call him, absolute <laughs> godsend. Smile at every centre back and just be an absolute pain in the arse. So he, he, even my turning point, I thought, and and Reese has already touched on it. The, the, their bench was absolutely decimated. I mean, how have you not bought up like just some youngster that could play as a as a forward at least? I don't know because they are on about this academy that they've got, and they didn't hardly use it really. Um, so yeah, just. Credit where it's due, the hard the hard work as well, just from 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 start to finish, from everyone, which is the bare minimum you want. Is is now the 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 standard we've set. So, yeah, Tyro won me for me. He was he was the the man that that turned it for me where we could have a hope. Whereas Lee Clark so pessimistically said that we was going to get dumped. <laughs> I mean, couldn't even defend his five one prediction what well, went got out the one. window did he got the one right yeah you got the one right well, <laughs> well i've got to be honest my mate had he had a two pound fifty bet on eight one in the pub before the game so i mean if you think i'm pessimistic you should meet Jesus. him um, <laughs> i think i guess i guess the moment I, I, it's difficult i think there was one moment where i think it was salah had a shot and it flew miles over um and i just think this season everyone players have been having shots and just been taking the net off um, I think that was the moment for me where I thought, do you know what, this might actually be our day. Um, but I, I guess being honest, I, I think until that full time whistle went, I always had it in my head that they probably would equalise, but they didn't, and there we go. But yeah, it was just it was it was just nice to see a, a team. I mean, their fans must have been thinking, oh bloody hell, especially when Anderson made the save at the end. They must have been thinking, well, it's just not going to be our day. Um, and it was nice for another team to experience that rather than us. Like I say. You look at the Ashley Young goal, I don't think Villa would have scored if he'd still been playing now if it wasn't for that goal. Um, but he's, he's thrown his right boot at it and he's took the net off. That's been happening all season. Um, so, yeah, it was just nice that that didn't happen. Um, and even better that it happened against Liverpool, I guess. No, yeah, absolutely. Um, I would completely agree with that. I think um, my one for me is very similar to Reese's actually, it's a bench, because even when we went to go down, Goal up, sorry, I think of the FA Cup then. Uh, even when it goal up, I was like, you know, you still sort of think, can we do this? We look at the clock, there's still what, like 35 minutes to play. You think, oh, Jesus Christ, like we're throwing away leads for fun. Can we actually do it? You never know. It could be a day. We'll have to see. Um, when Trent came on, that was a concern because as much as I slate him defensively and deservedly so because you know, bog standard defender at best, but going forward is another matter. And one thing, Liverpool were very slow in possession then, and Forrest could see everything in front of them. And, you know, even when they were switching the play, Forrest just shuffle over very calmly, you know, that's it, done, okay, Liverpool back at basics. So they play it down the line and they go back. They're not sure what to do. We've got this covered. When Trent came on, he started fizzing balls over very quickly and our defence was very slow to react. It was like, shit, okay. They, then they started making space. Then they started getting into areas that could hurt us. 
but I was a bit like, oh Christ, this, is, this isn't going to go well. But the moment it started, I started to think we could do it was when Jordan Henson came on. Because um, aside from the fact that he's <laughs> oh a I generally thought like, he can't be on the plane because he's so bad. Like I've said this for England for years, like he's so bad. And yeah, I actually thought when Henson came in, I was like, they've run out of ideas. Like they've actually run out of ideas. And there was one point where Trent had the ball. Uh, sorry, Trent had in acres of space on the right-hand side because we were holding shape. And Henderson had the ball. He sort of scanned around and looked around and sort of, he saw Trent down the right-hand side. And then he kept looking and like, you know, the obvious ball was the switch ball there. Like any competent midfielder, Thiago plays that ball in a second and we were, we were in trouble because he plays it in behind then and it's a scoring opportunity. Henderson, a little scan, looked around and then just played a very safe three-yard ball backwards. I thought, wow, that's Liverpool's captain and he can't pick out a simple routine switch. So, yeah, I thought when that came on, I thought, well, he ain't going to pick a lock. There's no chance of that. It's like putting, I don't know, a random bloke on the streak and saying, go break it at Fort Knox. And that's basically how it felt when Henderson came on. I mean, they, and, t- they, um, they, they took Firmino off for Oxlade-Chamberlain, which I thought was extremely bizarre when you're chasing the game. The bloke has yeah. been in tremendous form, you'd argue, Firmino. Strange. I mean, he was quiet, though, yesterday, to be honest, apart from the one yeah. half chance he had. That was Oxley Chamberlain's first competitive appearance for Liverpool since the FA Cup game against us. Blimey. And yeah, they... it, it just showed the lack of options, didn't it? They, they generally didn't have any attacking option on the bench at all. I don't it, was a good, I it, it was a good and time to play him, wasn't it? It was a good set. time to play them, and fair play for mm. exploiting that. But yeah, yeah well, all we could do is play all <laughs> rough against, and that was still you know, one of the best teams in the world. So we'll take the win all day. We move on to nine points. And anyway, we know we've got steps on it, Thoughts, um, the trademark from Lee Clark. Um, so, uh, Abdoon on the moon. Is that a name from you, Adam? Is that your burner account? Uh, so Yates and Freuler absolutely ran that midfield versus the likes of Fabinho and Henderson. Man of the match, anyone from the good, Henderson, I'm guessing the good one, the one that plays for Forrest, Aurier, Yates or Taiwo. Uh, I was in the top one, so I'd honestly lost faith about three games ago. That faith is starting to creep back. A mountain to climb, but one step at a time. Hashtag together. Ash Simpson, for all the grief I gave Yatesy, it was brilliant today, but they were all brilliant today. Uh, David Bullen said Yates' best game for Forest due to seeming to be a calm ahead, passing the ball well, and the midfield three were all fantastic. It broke up play and kept shape and looked to break very quickly. Neko in the first half was what we were expecting when we signed him. Defensively, we looked strong other than a few set pieces. Aurier's a starting right back to a permanent notice. We have to play Taiwo. Thought we held up better than ever and was awkward. Kuyase played like prime 2002 Vieira and I'm only half joking. Not sure what's going on there. Hendo's a legend and Sava's still squeezing, which is also amazing. Uh, Phil said, didn't actually believe we would do it, but kept them out and fully deserved the points. We looked so much better with our one in the sides. No player less than a seven with at least three tens, even if we lose to Arsenal. 12 still very achievable before the World Cup. Uh, Davis said, very hopeful that we have 13 points, possibly 15, a place in the wraps around the League Cup by next World Cup break. Again, one win and all the optimism starts again. Um, Sam says, the whole team could have man of the match. Lee, we were fantastic. Differently, of course, to Arlie. Uh, Jack, not really a big fan of Kuyase, but he was immense today. He won every ball, every tackle, header, and even danced past a couple of players early on. Uh, Danny O'Donnell says, man of the match, a toss-up between the whole team. <laughs> he just literally just listed the whole team, starting 11. Um, Yummy Bear says, Yates was tight today and everyone was well-deserved, but every player to, um, played well. And Cook at the back was like Gandalf on the bridge of Khazad Doom. Just one for you Lord of the Rings fanatics, and you shall not pass, little thing. Um, and Carbo said, simple, we look like a team. 
Malamats, Yates, Henderson and Kuyase all tied. Thank you, as always, for getting your steps on it thoughts into us. Um, again, with Lee, Mark, Lee Clark's trademark. And <laughs> we're now going to look ahead to, uh, well, our next game, which is away at Arsenal, the Emirates. Our last trip there wasn't particularly great because we had popped on wrist at Arlan Murich in goal. And hopefully this one fares a bit better. So, uh, Reese, we'll start with you. What's your prediction for the Arsenal game next week? Well, that game was um, interesting because Martinelli scored a hat trick in the He did, um, yeah. And I was like, but this guy looks... Oh, he got a brace, um, I think. Brace or hat trick. Yeah, this good. guy yeah. looks a talent. And I mean, now look at him uh, starting every week for him in the Premier League and probably one of the best young, young players in Europe, you'd say. It's going to be... Taught. I know Arsenal play today, don't they? Got, is it Southampton away today? They can actually um, do it to favour they win today, to be fair. Yeah. I know um, I, I didn't watch the highlights. Was it Leeds who played last week? And apparently they got away with it a little bit. I think Leeds yeah. was the penalty, didn't they? Yeah, and Leeds apparently was, penalty, and, yeah. um, was on top of them second half. But um, that's the sign of, you know, champion. And I, I don't think they'll win the league. Also, I think City will win it comfortably. But that if, you know, the... Um, the stereotype is you've got to dig in when if you want to be title contenders and have got a result last week. So it's gonna it's gonna to be tough. You know, I've watched Arsenal a few times this season. They're a very, very good side. Um I know you ain't like me saying this, Christian, but Arteta's I do I do like him as a manager. I, I think he handled the Aubameyang thing brilliantly. Um, you know, one of the big major characters at the club, a captain, and he's he's put his stance on look, this is the way we're doing it. And I don't know if his listeners have watched the All or Nothing documentary of Arsenal. He comes across really well in it. Really, really like the guy, to be honest. So he's good. They're, they're playing really well at the minute. It's going to be tough. Um, and probably, I think, for the first time this season, I'm going to predict a defeat. Well, I, I would have done in the City game, but I think it'll be a spirited effort again from us. But I just think they'll have too much. And I'm going to go for a, a 2-1 defeat, which is similar to that was the same as the last time I played them in the Prem away from home I believe um, Highbury yeah and I think yeah. Jeff Thomas scored didn't he and then right, yeah, I think I think Overmars ran for his back line with his ridiculous acceleration back then so yeah I think someone hit this on a, the nail on the head on Twitter you know if we go to Arsenal next week and we play how we do to yesterday but we get beat you know, I hope people aren't too damn beat on it, you know, the players and the fans especially, because going back to what we said last part, you know, anything in these two games that we played Liverpool and Arsenal is a bonus. We've got three bonus points, in my opinion, yesterday. Anything we get next week at Arsenal is a bonus. As long as we don't get absolutely tanked like we did at City, um, you know, just go there and show that level of intensity and that work ethic again and that shape and structure and you never know. We might get, we might nick a point. You, you don't. You might even nick one nil on the card to tackle. I'm asking for a bit too much, but no. Um, yeah. If if we if we play how we did yesterday, we've got a chance of, of frustrating them and maybe, you know, nicking something. But I do think they'll just have that bit too much for us. That's well, fair enough, Adam. What's your take on next week's game? So I'm welcoming Amanda from the. Same old Arsenal podcast in the week. So I'll be interested to hear her thoughts after obviously today's game as, as we're recording when they play Southampton. Um, so that, that'll be interesting, obviously. It's going to be good to see 
if we can really test Arsenal's bottle because they seem to have turned that a bit around. I mean, I'm going to add more credit to Arteta. He's turned Janet, Granit Xhaka from an absolute villain at Arsenal. They didn't want him. They wanted him out of the club. He got stripped of the captaincy. And suddenly they're singing his name now around the Emirates, which is as good a turnaround as Danny Fox for us when he was a scapegoat. And then he got turned into an absolute prime centre-half for us, it seemed. But, so that's going to be an interesting one. I think, obviously, the midfield battle, if we're going to keep that three against theirs with Xhaka, Amarty and, and Erdegaard. And then, obviously, you've got the, the tiki-tackers of Saka, Jesus and, and Martinelli. Can we really... Uh, go it, going after them and, and stomp our authority on them. That that's that's what we're going to really test, I think. And obviously, a one knee occupying Saliba and and Gabriel will be an interesting battle. It, I think it will it will be a really really good one. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and I hope Mikel Arteta. I know we're away from home, but I hope he gets the speakers out and playing Mull of Kintyre so they can get used to the atmosphere. If you're not seeing the all or nothing when they do that, for, when they take their trip to Ar- to Anfield by following by a four 0 defeat, I mean that'd be absolutely comical. Um, I'm going to go for a spirited one nil loss though, um, but my heart is hoping that we can nick a, nick a point at, at the Emirates and really frustrate them in their title uh, challenge. But we'll, we'll see. That we will, that we will. Lee, what's your uh, take on next week? I'm sure we'll be full of optimism. And yeah, I think um, I think regardless of the prediction, I think as long as we play like we did yesterday and just you know try and put a real shift in, I don't think anyone will be too forced. And after yesterday, I, I agree with what Reese just said about the, the person saying on social media. If we do lose, then... You know, four points from Brighton away, Liverpool at home and Arsenal away. You'd have absolutely snapped your hand off after Wolves and getting battered everywhere and that sort of stuff. So, um, I, I don't think it'll be as one-sided as people think. I think we will go there and try and set up to frustrate them a little bit. Um, but I do think it'll be a narrow defeat. I think we'll probably lose maybe maybe 2-0. Um, Arsenal, when I've seen them this season, have been pretty good. Um I don't. I'm not sure they're quite title challengers just yet, but I do think they'll they'll comfortably finish in the top four this season. So it'll be a tough game, but uh, let's hope we can kind of go down swinging a bit and um, you know just frustrate them if we can. Um, but I mean, I don't think there's any such thing given our situation. But I, personally, I do think after beating Liverpool, it's a bit of a free hit. Just go there, have a bit of a go, and see what we can do. But I do think we'll lose. No, that's fair enough. I mean. It's the odds are against us. <clears throat> There's no dispute in that. We'll have to see what happens. I mean, uh, from my side of things, I think that it's an interesting one because I think Arsenal won't suffer in the same way Liverpool will in terms of pitching congestion because one, their team's a lot younger, and two, they've used their team a bit more freely in a lesser competition in the Champions League and Europa. So you've seen people like Nketiah and stuff like that play more frequently. So they play a bit fresh. Uh, they are. They will have to catch up at some point. They've shown signs of that. Fulham really frustrated them at the Emirates this season. And you know, they took a very late goal to win that. Obviously, Leeds really should have got something out of them last week. So, you know, they're not this impenetrable force, um, although they are very, very good sides. And my worry for me is that they'll treat it. They'll be a bit like Brighton, but better in the sense that, you know, it'll be a very, very similar sort of build-up to Brighton. But, you know, whereas they'll, they put Brighton pushes back with like, Welbeck and whoever else. They'll be pushed us back with Jesus and Saka. It's a bit different. And I think of the chances that Brighton created fell to those likes, they probably do take them. So I think I'm going to go for, you know, Head is saying, I think we'll lose 2-0, but I don't think that's the end of the world. Again, like you just touched upon, Lee, if we get four points from Liverpool, Brighton and Arsenal, we would have taken that willingly. 
Um, Hart says we might get a point. We might be able to frustrate them. I think that you know Arsenal have traditionally struggled against teams who do set up and like like we did against yesterday against Liverpool. So I remember Burnley beating them one um, 0 under Arteta, playing a very similar way and getting a lot of joy on the counter. Uh, obviously, Villarreal with Unai Emery in the Europa League a few years ago, and, you know, came back and taught his old club in semi final, playing a very similar way. However, Arsenal have better players now, so I'm not sure we'll be able to pose ourselves in midfield as much against you know Parse and Jacker as we did against Jones and Elliot. So we will have to see, but the beauty of football is you never know. And talking of never know, I mean, not many people would have bet on Liverpool <clears throat> coming away from City Ground with nothing yesterday. However, they are still winless at the City Ground in the Premier League era, having played six games there, and they'll have to wait another year at least before they can end that little stat. So enjoy the win, Reds, and on to next week at Arsenal at One Forest. Just a quick one as well from all of us on this podcast. This is something that we all share, and it's something that myself and I'm sure the other guys have noticed as well, is that a lot of people, especially Forest fans, as that's what mostly I do have on my Twitter, um, seeming to struggle a little bit with their mental health at the minute. You know, if you are struggling, um, by all means, message the pod and one of us will reply to you or message somebody on Twitter, you know, use the Forest timeline with the hashtag or just to make sure you talk to somebody rather than doing anything silly. Um, there is plenty of options out there. You know, if you also want to talk to someone in confidence, there's, you know, charities like Mind who will help you. Um, but just make sure you just talk to somebody rather than, you know, doing anything silly. I think that's um, an important message to relay um, to anybody who listens to the pod who might be struggling at this time. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage of McDelivery. You win? Order now on McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.